What they didn't understand though is that I was on a mission. I was on a mission to succeed. I didn't know what it would be, but I knew that I wanted to succeed at something um, in a career because I wasn't just looking for a job, I was looking for a career. Hello and welcome to Agnes Scott College's podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Kadiazak, president of Agnes Scott and the host of this podcast. I hope that our guest stories not only encourage you, our listeners and leaders of today and tomorrow, but they also inspire you as you take the next steps in your own journey. Through faith, education, and hard work, today's guest worked her way from the role as an AT&T telephone operator to becoming the president of AT&T Georgia. She is responsible for developing the overall strategic direction of AT&T's public policy, economic development, and community engagement activities across the state of Georgia. In addition to her corporate responsibilities, our guest is committed to helping make a difference in the community and in the lives of others. She has a passion for driving positive impact and social equity and is currently chair of the Board of Trustees of North Carolina A&T State University and a member of the Board of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, the Executive Board of the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, the Board of Georgia Research Alliance, the Board of the Atlanta Committee for Progress, and the Rotary Club of Atlanta. Additionally, she was recently honored by Families First with the 2021 Making a Difference Community Service Award, the Atlanta Business Chronicle with the 2020 Diversity and Inclusion Civic Award, by the Women in Technology with the 2020 Women of the Year in Technology Award, by the Atlanta Business Chronicle with the 2019 Women Who Mean Business Award and named to Atlanta Magazine's 2020 and 2019 Most Influential Lists. A North Carolina native, she is a proud wife, mother, and grandmother. Our guest is no stranger to the world of leadership, and I am so thrilled to welcome President of AT&T Georgia, Miss Vanessa Harrison. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome to Journeys to Leadership. We are so thrilled to have you join us on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited about being here. We are so thrilled to have you on our show. As you may know, on our show, we know that leadership doesn't just happen. It is a journey. During our time together today, we want to explore your journey the ups, downs, surprises, all of it. Well, as much as we can fit into the segment. So to begin, I've heard the phrase faith, education, and hard work. I know your mother had a big influence on your life. Can you tell us more about how she and her mantra has influenced you? Well, I I tell you, I I always say that my mother, um, my mother has always been the wind beneath my wings. and growing up with nine siblings, um, it, it's with my mother. I, I never stopped believing that I could do all things with faith, education, and hard work. That's what worked for me. And my mother 
um, she led an example of strong work ethics and um, um, being true to herself, being authentic, and, and having very high standards. And so she modeled um, how we could be successful. And so while my mother um, was not a corporate leader, was not a manager anywhere, my mother actually did um, domestic house cleaning, but you would have thought that my mother was the CEO of a company because that's how serious she took her work. And she would always say that um, you have to learn to blossom wherever you're planted. And so regardless of what garden you're planted in, blossom there because you will soon be transitioning to another garden and you want to have given it your best. Um, she taught me to never, ever give up. And I guess that's why growing up, you know, she didn't tolerate us saying, I can't do this and I can't do that. She would tell us that we would need to say, I'm having difficulty doing this and I need help. What we didn't realize during that time was she was teaching us that it is a good thing and it was okay to ask for help when you need it and not let pride get in the way or write some script in your mind as to why you should not ask for help or see it as a sign of weakness. Um, my mother had seven girls and three boys and I always said that the boys got off easy but she really, really drove the girls and um, she always wanted us to be independent she always wanted us to be sustainable um, with, with very high ethics and, and standards. And she wanted the same for the boys, but she really drove the girls. And so I think that's another reason that I drive for results. It's because, you know, I believe that if you're going to put the hard work in, then you need to be working hard for um, results. Um, you know, I can remember coming up through my career, um, as you probably know, I started out as an operator um, with uh, AT&T, the lowest paying job in the company, and it's where most um, African Americans and women that look like me started. And I came to AT&T from um, a city municipal job, working nine to five, no weekends, no holidays, and making more money. Um, I came over to AT&T making less money, working holidays, working weekends, and, and my friends thought, you have really lost your mind because that's going to interfere with your social life. But what they didn't realize is that I was on a mission. Um, I was on a mission to succeed in a career and not just a job. And when I looked at AT&T, I looked at AT&T as a company that could offer that to me and a company that could, would offer it to me um, as an African-American female. Well, you have a couple amazing things there. First of all, you had an amazing mother. She sounds absolutely phenomenal. And clearly you can tell that by your success and the influence she's had on you. 
when you talked about you know coming as an operator, when you came as an operator, did you imagine that you were going to be president of AT&T Georgia? Oh, absolutely not. I, it's, a, it's really a funny story. So um, my friends, everybody was graduating from college and my friends were going to be moving to Atlanta, um, some to go to graduate school and others with job opportunities. And I wanted to move to Atlanta, but I didn't have parents that could afford to put me up for six months until I got a job and, you know, could sustain myself. And so um, I thought about it and I've always been very strategic. So I thought about if I could get a job at a company that transfers or that's got uh, jobs in Atlanta, I can transfer there. And so when I thought about AT&T, I thought, this is the right one. And I knew people that um, worked for AT&T that was operators. And so that was the primary reason that I took the job at AT AT&T. But then I started looking at the other opportunities that AT&T provided. And I always always envisioned myself. um, I never envisioned me being president of of the company um, or even any state as far as that matters. But I always envision, and that's what I mean by being on a mission. I was always on a mission and envision myself having a job or a career that would afford me the opportunity to give back to my family and to help my family and others thrive. And so I didn't know what exactly that was going to be, but I knew that that it was going to be something. And I knew that I had to stay focused. So I couldn't worry about working nights and weekends and holidays. I wasn't married. I didn't have children. I was living at home at the time. So it didn't really matter. After staying as an operator for about three months, I started exploring other opportunities. I had done such a good job there. My productivity was great. And they recognized that I was a young lady that it was hard to keep me seated in that chair with the um, earplug plugged to a console and you can only walk about five feet away from the console. So um, we, I ended up going over to network operations, which is the whole beginning of my career because over in network operations um, was totally different from where I came from, uh, predominantly white men, older men, and it was technology. So you didn't have a lot of women and certainly not a lot that looked like me. And that's why I am just a big advocate of asking for help because people people like to feel needed. They like to feel like that they can help you with something. And so I would ask those men, can you teach me how to do this? Can you show me how you did that? And that's how I learned to program central office switches just by somebody sitting down beside me letting me shadow them and teaching me how to do it i didn't go to school for that and so i would ask them can you teach me how you just did that can you show me how i get from here to here and how you did it and people were willing to help me you know my colleagues my my bosses my senior leaders Um, I didn't have boundaries when it came to asking for help. And so even though I wasn't at the table always, 
I always had intentional leaders that was willing to be a voice for me at the table. And so now that I am at the table, I am intentional about being a voice for the unheard and perhaps the unseen in our company, um, being a voice for them. You mentioned early on the importance of education, and you took a non-traditional path to college. What do you wish you knew, or what do you wish others know about that path? I, I wish that others knew it's not as hard as it seems, but you have to get started. I dropped out of college my sophomore year to work, and my mother, was furious because education was the answer to everything. And I grew up in low-income housing projects, and she knew that a strong education would be the springboard to come out of low-income housing projects to wherever I wanted to land. So to tell her that I'm going to stop school was very disappointing to her. But what she did, what I did do, I promised that I would get my degree and that I would not be one that just dropped out of college. Because um, as I said to someone before, I, I was probably ready to graduate from high school before I even knew that dropping out of high school was an option. That was never an option for us. And I didn't know very many people, if any, that it dropped, certainly none of my friends that it dropped out of high school. So education has always been uh, very important and a priority. And so I told my mother that I would go back to school, but I wanted to work because I worked that summer and I enjoyed having my own money. And so I promised her that I would go back and I did. So I went back to three different universities, taking classes, working towards my degree in business management. And my last six hours, was the hardest because I had gotten into, you know, bigger jobs with larger responsibilities. It seemed like I just couldn't, didn't have the time to sit in a classroom at night or day to get those 12 hours, I'm sorry. And so I discovered University of Phoenix and that was the answer. So I, I went to University of Phoenix and finished my last 12 hours. And so what I say to people now, get your education by any means necessary. Because with all of the opportunities today, anybody can be educated. And you can be educated from wherever you are. That's a very valuable message. I also have to say, many people, especially young people, think to influence change, you have to be an activist, you have to work for a not-for-profit corporation. Um, not many people think about being in a corporate environment and having the impact that you have had. How do you think people can make change in a corporate environment? Well, for one thing, I think that um, to effect change in a corporate environment, you got to have a voice. And to have that voice, you can't be afraid to speak truth to power. And I, I learned early in my career that even senior leaders, they don't get it right. And that they respect you 
when you can give them another perspective. And so I've never really had a fear of, of speaking, um, giving other, other perspectives or speaking to senior leaders. And it's, it is, it's not about what you say, it's how you say it. And so when you can embrace speaking truth to power, I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's how change um, comes about. And to be a change agent, you got to start with yourself. If you want to see change, you've got to be that change agent. And you've got to start with yourself by speaking out. Well, as you mentioned, sort of reflecting on yourself, has there been anything on your journey that has surprised you about yourself? Yes, my endurance. <laughs> I, If you'd asked me 25 years ago um, if I thought that I would be able to endure um, corporate America, I would say no. Because there's a lot of bureaucracy, there's a lot of political or politics, and it's just so many different avenues. And I would have said, oh, I don't, I just don't have it in me to do that. But whenever I would think that, I would dig deep and dig in, out that strength that my mother instilled in me. She would always say, has anybody else ever done this? And I'd say, yeah. Oh, well, then you can do it. You can do it. Now, if nobody else has ever done it, then I would sit here with you and we would develop strategies on how you could do this. But other people have done it. You've got some examples out there. So I, I had to dig deep for that strength and um, go back to some of the things that I was taught and also rely on uh, friends, colleagues, peers. I have a tribe of people that I surround myself with that can give me advice and point me in the right direction and hold me back when I need to be held back. Well, we are, we are so glad that you endured because you are such a fabulous role model. And as you look to the future, what excites you? Well, I'll tell you really what excites me is the work that you're doing right there on Agnes Scott campus, the work that you're doing that empowers young women and help them uh, develop themselves into distinguished leaders. I, I am so inspired by reaching back and helping other young ladies uh, reach their goals and try to be a role model for them. Uh, that's what really inspires me. And that's what, you know, um, I believe makes a difference. And it makes a difference not just on, on your campus and I see role models like you. And I'm thinking, this is what makes a difference. Because if we all give, then each one can teach one. And I'm, I'm inspired by um, the, the scripture of to whom much is given, much is required. And I do believe that I have been given a lot. And so I am required to give back a lot. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for all that you give back. And it's been such a pleasure having you on our show. The pleasure is mine.
thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you were encouraged and inspired. Vanessa Harrison's journey is one of the many that we can't wait to share with you. Thank you all for joining us. I also want to thank our producer, Sydney Perry, for making this podcast possible. I'm Leo Katie Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership. Looking for more content? Check out Leading Everywhere, the Agnes Scott College podcast, a show that shares the stories of the campus community students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.